Welcome to Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast inspired by the Puritan practice of godly conference, or spiritual conversations among believers. These spiritual conversations offer practical spiritual help for Christian living. Welcome to Ordinary Fellowship. I'm Jeremy Lee, and with me is Matthew McLaughlin. Hey, Jeremy. Uh, We are not synchronizing very well today, so this may be a mess. It could be, but we're only off by (laughs) half a second, so we'll be okay. Before we begin, I just want to let everybody know that uh, Matthew and I are going to be going on a hiatus indefinitely. We may record episodes here and there, but I especially feel like we've reached a point where this is our 108th episode, if Matthew is counting right. We've been doing this for a little while, and uh, Matthew's tired of being the uh, banter bouncer, so... But we may record episodes here and there when there's something going on. Uh, you know, we're two angry white men. <laughs> we'll come on and gripe about it for a while or something like that. Or maybe we... But it's not going to be regular, regularly scheduled for sure. So, But we appreciate everybody who listens regularly. Uh, there's about 10 to 12 people that listen every week, and we greatly appreciate your attention. Uh, we especially appreciate Lee Jones, who sent us our only email ever. Um, it was hate mail, yet nonetheless we received, um, we did receive an email from him. So um, we're thankful for our only correspondence with our listeners uh, from Lee Jones. But enough of that. We have a final episode, not final episode, but a final episode before our hiatus. And we're going to continue talking about Christian piety and how to grow in piety. And we've been talking about the biblical means of grace uh, throughout this series as as a means of spiritual growth, as a means to grow in Christian piety. And uh, today we're going to talk about something that's not really fun, but it is a means of growth, that is suffering. So Matthew is going to uh, fill us with great wisdom and insights about suffering and how it helps us to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus and become more like him. Well, I don't know about that, but we'll see what we can do. (laughs) So, like Jeremy said, I think when you start to sit down and you think through, okay, how is it that God causes us to grow in piety? I think all of the things that we've spent the last few weeks talking about is where our minds go. We think it's about going to church, it's reading your Bible, it's praying. Those are the ways, it's the ordinances, those are the things that God uses to help us grow. And yet, I would argue that the primary means by which God brings piety into our life is through trials. And we'll talk about why in a little bit. But we start, we, I think the way we need to start is with an understanding of what a trial actually is. So when we think to define trials, sometimes what we want to do is we think trials are only major things. So trials are a death of somebody I care about, a a marriage that is on the verge of divorce, a 
serious health issue. We think of those as trials, but in reality, those are trials. But so trials can also be all of the circumstances of our life that cause us consternation, frustration, just bother us. Because ultimately what trials are are the these things that come upon our lives that challenge us. So I think a place for us to start is in James 1. So in James 1, James says in verses, starting in verse 2, Count it our joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Just an interesting side note as we start, when it, in verse 2, when it says trials of various kinds, the word various is the same word in the Greek that they use in the Septuagint to explain Joseph's coat. So as many colors as there are in the universe, that's how many different kinds of trials there are. And so I think the question we have to ask ourselves is, how do I view trials? Do I see trials as things by which I just have to get over with so I can get on with my life? Or do I see them as opportunities, as places where I can use that trial, though unpleasant, to expand my faith, to grow my faith, to cause my dependence of faith on God to be grow? I think, and I think that's one of the things we have to, I think that's where we have to start when we look at trials and it comes to spiritual growth. Do we see them as problems that have to just be endured, or do we see them as opportunities? Right, and I know you'll agree with this, but one of the things we have to be careful of is just because a trial may lead to spiritual growth doesn't make that trial uh, a good thing. Right. Right. The trial or the suffering that you're going through is still evil right right it, if you you can think about it like um joseph did when his when his brothers uh, st- sold him into slavery and lied to their father and told him he had been he had been killed he, joseph said that his brothers meant it for evil but god meant it for good so there's two intentions there so all that joseph suffered his brothers meant it for evil, and it really was evil. It right. was not a good, positive thing that he was suffering through. So we're not we're not trying to transform suffering and evil calamity that you're facing into something good. It it remains what it is by nature. So it's not we're not changing the nature mm-hmm. of suffering. What we're saying is what and what I think Matthew is saying is it provides an opportunity for growth. In that sense it is good, but that doesn't mean that the thing that you're going through is good. It still remains an evil thing. And God uses that evil for our good. Where the devil wants to use that evil for our bad. Right. So that ultimately, I would argue trials are things that come upon us. And then primarily, like Jeremy said, they're bad. I would also argue there are some trials that come upon us that are good. But we can talk about that in a little bit. But that 
fundamentally, though, the question isn't about what comes upon us. The question is, how do I respond? Either I can respond to the trial in a way that doesn't produce spiritual endurance, or I respond to the trial in a way that does. But ultimately, we're not even, I'm not even seeking to argue about whether the trial, I think what Jeremy said is completely true and he's right. The trial primarily is normally can be viewed as a bad thing. The question is, do I do I compound the bad thing by my response, or do I allow this bad thing to produce something good in me? Spurgeon has a quote that he talks about all the time. He's like, he says, you view trials as the ocean. And either we can run away from the wave, or he he says, or we can kiss the wave, which means we lean into the trial. The reason why we lean into the trial is because, not because we enjoy it, <laughs> not because we're like, yay, I get to suffer again. We're not masochists. Right. But because the trial provides the opportunity for us to have our faith deepened and strengthened. And so that though what we're after is the strengthening of the faith, not the trial, not the suffering. It's... Right. Right. And so it's the same idea that when you read the beginning of James 1 2 and it says, count it all joy, this is, it's like what Jeremy says. This doesn't mean that I get told I have cancer, which means I'm supposed to go throw myself a party. That's <laughs> not what this is. And I think, sadly, that's sometimes where people look at and they go, well, I can't, I don't understand that. That'll never apply to me. But that's not what James is saying. When he right. says counted all joy, what he's saying is the joy comes because I have an opportunity to have my faith to grow. Right. I can grow in spiritual growth. It's and, not right. And go God's ahead. sovereign and intends it for your good. Correct. It, it and if it's a test, God wants you to pass it. He doesn't want you to fail, and He'll give you His Spirit and grace in order that you will pass through this. Uh, God doesn't. God doesn't want us to to end up in bitterness and anger, and um, any of the other consequences that can happen from stress. He wants us to pass the test. He wants our test to be be purified as as gold, as Peter says. Right. So it's so God's intentions are good in whatever trial comes your way. Um, it's the devil that's intending evil. He wants you to fail. He wants you to be bitter and angry and hate God because of it. He wants you to see it as insurmountable. But um, that's not God's intention. Correct. So if we if we keep going through this passage in James, then he says, Counter a joy, my brothers, when you fall into trials of varying kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Some people say steadfastness, some people stay, say endurance, but the idea behind it is trials are like running a marathon. It's running a race. Jeremy, we talked about this last week even, how life, the Christian life isn't easy, it's a battle, it's it's a race, it's those straining and striving in it. Trials are those means that when I have to strive and to strain, but I recognize that there's a purpose. If 
Jeremy and I decided that just out of the blue that on Saturday on Saturday we're going to run a marathon. <laughs> Chances are that wouldn't go well for either one of us. I know it wouldn't go well for me. Jeremy might get a little be a little bit better. No. <laughs> but, not with my not with my uh feet in the way shape they are and we'll I'll be I wouldn't even make 0.1 miles. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and yet there are, there will be people who will run a marathon, what do they do? They practice, they strive, and they have to push through all of the issues that come along so that they can run the race. I think another way to look at trials is trials are like lifting weights. When you seek to lift weights, it hurts. It's straining. And yet, over time, as you lift the weights, you then realize that you've gained strength and you're able to lift other things that before you couldn't lift. And you go, how did that happen? Right. And I think that's what, when James says count it all joys, he's not saying count the suffering is all joy. Right. He's saying count the result. It's what, it's what God is doing and what's going to happen. That's the good thing. It, it's not the suffering in and of itself. The suffering remains evil. Its nature doesn't change. It, it stays bad, but it but it produces these results that you really can't get anywhere else. Um, part of it's because you know we're sinners uh, and we need we need chiseled. Mm-hmm. Some of us might need sandpapered because, but men, most of us need a chisel to to conform us to the image of Christ, and it that's going to hurt. Right. So and. I don't know if you had planned to say anything about this, but God didn't. Hebrews tells us that God didn't even spare His own Son from mm-hmm. this. That Christ learned obedience through His suffering. Now, not Christ as God didn't learn anything; He's all knowing. But Christ, as our mediator, as a man, learned learned what it means to obey God through suffering. He suffered, and He didn't escape this path of from suffering on to glory. He didn't escape that. God didn't spare him from that. Even Christ had to suffer. If Christ had to suffer, uh, how dare we think we can escape that and live a life of ease and prosperity? Right. Like Joel Osteen. (laughs) Yes. And honestly, Jeremy brings it up. He says it tongue-in-cheek, but he's right. I think another piece of where this we get our trouble is, if we're honest, we might listen to full-blown prosperity preachers and we go well that's just silly and that's just dumb but there is a sense in our minds where we think that if we're good christians and we go we we do what we're supposed to do that i'm not gonna i might suffer but i'm not gonna suffer right and and this goes to us believing a type of health and wealth gospel prosperity gospel and i think prosperity gospel light right and I think, <laughs> yeah, and I think that is one of the things we have to understand that trials are there to f- push against that. We'll talk about right. more in a second, but I think Su- that suffering important. is the lot of the Christian. Correct, and yet suffering is paramount and necessary for me to be the Christian that God is seeking to conform me to be. So 
we'll just jump to this and I think this will make sense. So if we talk, we talk about suffering a little bit. So now we look at, okay, how does suffering and means of grace go together? <laughs> and I think the answer is one of the things suffering and trials do is they remind us repeatedly that we have to engage in all the other means of grace that we've spent we've talked about through this series. Because fundamentally, trials demonstrate that I don't have it all figured out. I can't solve it. I have to trust and depend on someone greater than I who understands, who created it and knows, and then as Jeremy said, who had to endure it as well. And so that trials cause me to be dependent upon Jesus, but not just on Jesus. And as I'm dependent upon Jesus, that causes me to talk, want to talk to God, which is, goes back to what we talked about prayer. And so we, you stop and you think, how many times, how much time do we spend praying when we're suffering? And if we're honest, I think we spend more times praying when we're suffering or going through trials than normally. But, right, because we feel a deeper need. Right. And it's the same thing, how much time do we spend reading our Bibles and spending time in the world when we're suffering, when we're going through trials? And as Jeremy and I have talked about when we talked about the church, one of the most important places for a suffering Christian to be is in the weekly worship service. And I think when we can draw, you can, we could take the time, we won't, but we can't, we could take the time and you can draw multiple connection points between suffering and trials and every other means of grace that we talked about. And so I think it's important for us to comprehend that the connection point is that trials drive me to the means of grace that God has provided for me and that therefore I need to embrace those means of grace when I'm not suffering, when I'm not walking through trials, so that I can engage with them even more fully when I am going through suffering or going through a trial. Ultimately, what you're saying is trials trials make us see that we need grace. Correct. And the means of grace is are the place where we find that grace. So it makes perfect sense that if trials show us our our weakness and our need for grace, that the answer would be to turn to the means of grace that we've been talking about. And then those means of grace, of course, strengthen us through our suffering and trials and cause us to grow in piety. Right. So I think it would be good to summarize some of what we're talking about uh, more simply. So if we could, like, list the ways that suffering helps uh, or what suffering does. I don't know how to, how exactly to say it. So like you already read James counting all joy because it produces steadfastness. Hebrews chapter five uh, also talks about suffering, producing endurance, character, hope, and all those kind of things. So one thing we can say is that suffering, suffering produces Christian virtues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it also disciplines us 
That's what you were talking about with weight lift, lifting and the marathon is it disciplines us. We get ourselves into trouble, sinful trouble, and the Lord corrects our course often using trials to get us back on the right path because that is right. a good way to open yeah. our eyes and say, hey, we've we've drifted. So it produces virtue. It disciplines us. What else does it do? <laughs> Well, I would suffering. So it does those things. I would say suffering also. Ultimately, what suffering does is if we go back to Jeremy alluded to it. We'll just read it. First Peter one six and seven says, "In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith." More precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may we found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And one of the things suffering does, what it should do, is suffering trials produces worship. It produces this heart cry that I recognize that, one, this, can't, this world can't be all that there is. There has to be something else. It also, and that since this isn't all that there is, it draws my attention upward back to where we started this whole series. What is the, that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Yes, we'll enjoy him in eternity forever, but we enjoy him here as well. And the way we do that is through worship. And so suffering produces worship because the cry of my heart when I'm walking through dark times, when, I, when all I want to do is lament, when all I want to do is question and wonder, suffering has the ability to, if I allow it to, to draw my attention off of myself and place it on to Jesus so that we worship. Because, as Jeremy said, Jesus understands. It's why he says in Hebrews 4, that we have a high priest who has been tempted in every way, just like we have, yet not without sin. Therefore, we can come boldly before the throne of grace and find comfort in time of need. Ultimately, that's great hope. I have a God, I have a Savior who understands, who, who, who condescends, who gets it. I'm not just talking to a God who's just out there. Not only does it produce worship in us, but it also produces worship from others when we endure these severe trials and others mm -hmm. see what happens often they people will say there's no way that I could have been through that or only God could have gotten you through that because any otherwise you would have failed and so it, it leads others to worship God as well and it, I think another thing along you kind of hinted at this um is that suffering encourages us to long for heaven because that's the only place that it's going to end. <laughs> right. Until we get there, when God wipes the tears from our eyes, suffering is going to continue. Um, so suffering, it, 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 it helps us to long for heaven and helps us to think less of the, this world uh, so that we're mo more focused on God's glory and enjoying him in eternity forever. Um, so trials help us in that respect as well. There was something else that you said that made, 
I'm just trying. I'm trying no, to no, summarize no, right. it and say it in I one think, word. Not that you're good. losing anybody, right. but just... no, I think that's good. I think. <laughs> I think another piece. So when we talk about trials, normally what we do when we think about trials, as Jeremy said, we think about trials. We equate it with suffering. But I would argue that one of the main types of trials we face is success. It's a trial when things go exactly how I want them to go. (laughs) Because at that time, that's do I, in those moments as well, recognize all those things we just talked about, that the worship and the dependence and the longing for heaven, or am I satiated is my appetite satiated satisfied by getting what i want and so my mind wanders from god i i don't think i need god so i don't think i need to access those means of grace and so i think that's another piece that we don't always consider that i think it's important for us to think through that trials while yes normally they involve suffering but sometimes trials involve me getting exactly what I think I want. I thought of the other thing. Okay. I don't mean to change. No, no, that's fine. Subject. Change the subject. You, uh, when you quoted Peter, you talked about her faith um, enduring, and I think it produces assurance as well. Because if we endure through the suffering, it it not only strengthens our faith, but it reveals our faith. But also, I think if you fail in the suffering. It could show you your lack of faith and your need for Christ. Um, not necessarily that you're not a believer, but as we were talking about, you know, suffering shows us that we need the means of grace. So if if we fail in the suffering, if we fail in the trial, then that trial reveals to us that we're not as mature as we think we are. It could also reveal that we're not really believers. But either way, the trial then becomes a blessing because ultimately we learn we need Christ. Because if, if God were to just leave us alone and never bother us in that state, we would either remain infants, babes in Christ, or we will not be saved because we have false sense of assurance. But those trials can open up our eyes uh, to our, where we are at in relationship to God. And, and awaken us to our need for a deeper relationship. So. Right. I think that's really important. I, the thought that comes to my mind is I like to watch, like, renovation shows. Yeah. And I thought it, you were going to say wrestling. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Renovation shows. This is a show I, It's about they do restaurants, and he always starts the same way. He, he makes them – he puts them in a stress test. He, so he puts them in a trial – he doesn't do it because he's seeking to be mean or vindictive or he just wants to get his jollies watching them fail. He does it because it shows where the weakness is. And I think if we recognize that trials aren't God seeking to be mean or vindictive for allowing these things to happen, but it's what Jeremy just said. It's You put it all together. Trials are God showing us, okay, Right here, this is where I need to take the chisel out because this is where you need to conform to the image of the sun. I need to show you this is where you need to embrace the means of grace that I have provided to you to seek to seek that out. Whether that's Bible reading, whether that's scripture, whether that's prayer, whether that's church, whether that's 
community, whether that's the ordinances, because ultimately one of the other things trials do is trials demonstrate the necessity of our needs we talked about our dependence upon Jesus. But I would also argue trials demonstrate our necessity to depend upon other Christians. I'm not supposed to go through this by myself. That's not the intended purpose. And we talked about that plenty in the, in the episode on the purpose of child churches, a means of grace. But I think it's just a good reminder. And so as we kind of come to the end of the series, I think one of the things for us to trials in my mind wraps all of we've talked about for this, this these past few weeks, it wraps it into a package to help us understand that fundamentally God wants us to grow. It's why he says, if we go back to James, it's why he says, let patience, let that endurance have its, comp- its perfect work, its complete work, so that you may be mature. God wants us to mature, and he uses trials, he uses difficulties, he uses these things to ultimately drive us to the means of grace like Jeremy talked about so that we can achieve the goal that he has placed in front of us, which is that not only that he he placed in front of us, but he promises us because he says he will conform us into the image of the Son. Says in 2 Corinthians 3 that God is seeking to change us from glory to glory into the same image by the means of the Spirit. Christian piety isn't this out there idea. It's the necessity of the Christian life that I seek to each day take all that comes into my life and I understand it and I apply it so that and I allow it to cause me to deepen my faith embrace the grace graces that God has given to me so that I can become more like Jesus so that I demonstrate to the world around me what that looks like and have them also do that same thing and then recognize that they need to have the same faith that I have in the finished work of Jesus and embrace that grace so that they too can be changed. Any last thoughts, Jeremy? I I think you summed it up well, as you usually do. So, in closing, trust God and embrace the means of grace so that you will be found complete, and mature. We thank you for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast ministry of Two Rivers Community Church. For more information about Two Rivers, you can find it on our website at www.tworiverscc.org. We look forward to questions, comments, and dreaded hate mail at ordinaryfellowship at gmail.com. Please follow us on Facebook at Ordinary Fellowship and like, subscribe, and rate this podcast whatever service you listen to us on. But we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, where we are striving to have spiritual conversations for practical Christian living.